Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome back to the Champions of Happy podcast. On this podcast, I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. I hope you've had a great week. In good news, the podcast is now available on iTunes, Spotify, and Deezer. On this episode, I'm talking to drag queen and cabaret performer Wayne Carter, aka Liabelle. For more information on the podcast and any updates, you can go straight to our Instagram. It's simply the Champions of Happy. In the meantime, let's get started with the episode. Hello, Wayne. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, hello, hello. How are you? I am. I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm upright. I do not have. Um, the ability to sleep coherently in one long period, but life is great. I know we had a little chat before we started, but thank you again for coming on what is a very new project for me. And so thank you for being patient and uh, kind. (laughs) That's okay. I mean, this is, this is very unlike me. I'm not a very, for the, for the people who are listening, who um, may know me in the flesh, um, I am not a patient nor a kind person usually. So maybe, Maybe I'm growing as a person. Maybe this is my redemption moment. Maybe you're adulting. I, I, I <laughs> oh no, I can't. I can't adult. That is definitely not a thing I can do. So, Wayne, for people who don't know who you are, can you please summarise who you are, what you do, what is your life? I, who I am, what I do, what is my life? Okay, that is a. I mean, they are the deep question. questions, maybe, but what you do. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. There's going to be more deep questions, oh no. Um, uh, my name is Wayne Carter. I am a cabaret burlesque comedian, radio presenter, and all-round drag shambles. Uh, I host a radio show podcast YouTube extravaganza called Driving You Homo, um, which is broadcast to Southwest, uh, radio, Southwest London Radio, uh, or Southwest London. And uh, I am a drag performer under the name Liar Bell. Uh, and I do burlesque and I do cabaret and I've hosted um, multiple what are they called music festival cabaret stages and I have uh, done many fringe festivals Edinburgh Fringe, Adelaide Fringe, Leicester Comedy Festival, Brighton Fringe yeah I, I I do I do the cabaret. I do the cabaret. Bits and bobs, really. Nothing really <laughs> much. I, not a lot. I yeah. I <laughs> what is it? I'm a I'm a master of nothing. I'm a what's this, what's that saying? Where it's like I I do a lot of things, but I I'm not good at anything. So like I do a lot of things. <laughs> I'm a free I'm a freelancer. I'm a freelancer. Oh, uh, you're one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those. Like, I'm one of those um, the dirty unwashed. And do I detect an accent? I oh, am a foreign, expensive. yes. No, that's fine. <laughs> I am I am one of those horrible foreigners. I, I am from Australia originally. I grew up on a, a sheep and wheat farm in central Australia in a very small town of 500 people. And oh. uh, I moved from that small town. And uh, because you'll be surprised to know that in a small farming community, there aren't a lot of jobs for uh, queer drag performers. And so I, I maybe I maybe got to Stefan and I moved uh, to London because uh, I did I did move to the bigger city, the metropolitan city, which is Adelaide, and um, a lot of people in Adelaide when because Adelaide is still a small city as well. Uh, when you move there, a lot of people go, "Oh, you should move to Sydney or Melbourne," and I was like, mm, "No, that's too like everyone does that." So. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to move to London instead um, and give that a go. Cut to six years later, here we are. Nice. Or queer we are. Because uh, <laughs> gay. So were you, uh, did you come from a theatre comedy 
educational background or has it always been a hobby you've worked mm, upon? That is a very wonderful question. Look at you Thank with you. your with your questions yeah. and answers. I'm, I'm prepared. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so the answer is, I guess, yes and no. So uh, I definitely did not come from a theatre or artistic background in terms of my family. Um, because my family are like Australia is a sporting nation. Um, Australia is very much lad bands. So like me coming out as gay was like a big deal. Um, and like the theatre thing was like a big deal. But um, I mean, they're fine with it and they've always been accepting, which is great. But um, I think it would have been a lot easier if I was into cars and football. Um, but so the answer is, no, I've always marched to the beat of my own drum and I've always been interested in theatre and cabaret and, you know, I've always been left of centre and I've always done things differently to what other people are doing. In saying that, um, my grandfather on my, uh, on my dad's side, my biological father on my biological grandparent, um, he was a landscape painter and he used to travel around Europe painting landscapes and so I only learned about that sort of after his passing um when I was in my teens and it kind of just sort of like made me go oh this is really interesting because the rest of my family are like not into art or culture or like that kind they're they're all happy with sport and they're all happy with like having a couple of drinks with the mates that kind of like which is all great stuff but um when it comes to artistic creation and like sort of self-expression it I guess it skipped a generation and it's a it's a weird one he's the only one that was sort of artistically minded I guess so the answer to your short question which I sort of rabbled on about um is uh no I am not from an artistic (laughs) family but um I am creative yes very much so So when you were in Australia were you out there performing still doing what you do now or has it changed what you do uh, so yes, it has. Uh, yes, I did start performing out in Australia, and then it has evolved and it has grown. And if you are a performer, um, or if you're thinking of starting performing, my advice to anyone would be to say yes to new experiences. So for me, when I first started as a cabaret performer, I didn't even start as a cabaret performer. I started as a Shakespearean actor. So oh. I was doing a lot of uh, Shakespeare plays. So uh, Richard the Third, Romeo and Juliet, Macbeth. Um, uh, uh, Love Labour's Lost um, are the ones that I can remember off the top of my head um, so uh, Midsummer Night's Dream sorry I'm just trying to remember all the, <laughs> all the Shakespeare plays that I'm, like I've done these ones, I've done these ones um, so I started doing Shakespeare plays in Australia and uh, I found them to uh, I love Shakespeare, I have a lot of time for Shakespeare and I have a lot of time for like reading and understanding the sort of nuances of like, I guess, old English, um, which is a difficult thing to get your head around. So I started as that. Um, and then a friend of mine at, um, uh, at university said, oh, I'm going to go see the stand-up comedian. Would you be interested in coming? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess if it's free and I don't have to, like, as long as it's free and I have get alcohol ingested into my face, I'm happy with it. And um, so I went and saw this comedian who, ended up being a friend of mine and we ended up becoming friends and stuff like that. Um, and he's become very successful. He's been headlining, um, like doing really well in Australia and in the US. And, um, but at that time, when I first saw his stand-up special, his hour show, I went, oh, is this it? Is that, is that all you have to do? I can do that. I do that all the time. So I was like, oh, I'll become a comedian. And so I started as a, so I, I guess I started as a comedian. I sort of dealt, I sort of side swiped from Shakespearean actor to stand up comedy. And as part of that, I would go to the um, fringe festivals in Australia. So, like Melbourne Comedy Festival, Adelaide Fringe, Perth Fringe World. Um, so, I would go to the um, the, the fringe festivals. I would um, go into the artist bar, become friends with other performers, other comedians, and I would get drunk and dance in the artist bar with um, other people. And then I became friends with burlesque performers and cabaret performers. And I was like, oh, burlesque, like, this is cool. 
um, never thought anything about it. We just became mates. I then moved to London um, and was at a stand-up gig. And I'd always wanted to do sort of this gender bending sort of dude and address thing um, for a comedy thing outside of a queer venue. And uh, a friend of mine, a comedian, Jake Howie, a New Zealander comedian, New Zealand born comedian, uh, who now lives in Sydney, I think. Uh, he said, oh, just do it. And did it and it sort of, um, what's the word, paved the way for my sort of drag career as it is now. But um, it all sort of started there. Um, then I went back for the Fringe Festivals. I did sort of, um, for a lot of, I guess, not successful, but a lot of carny folk, like carnival folk, Fringe Festival <laughs> folk, is you'll go like, the, the Fringe Festivals, you essentially tour. So you follow the summer. So like you go to Edinburgh Fringe and then you go to Adelaide Fringe and then you go to Perth Fringe and you go to, like they all sort of, you, you don't really have a home. You sort of just sort of jump between them. And mm-hmm. so when I first moved to the UK, uh, the first two years I was sort of flitting around between Australia and the UK in terms of the festivals. And I went back to Adelaide Fringe and a friend of mine was like, like I literally got off the plane with turned on my phone, my Australian phone. And within sort of an hour, um, uh, a girl, a burlesque performer, promoter messaged me. and was like, someone's paid, someone's bailed. I need someone to, you know, jiggle around, take the clothes <laughs> off. Can you do it? I know you're a good dancer. And I was like, I, I've got, uh... I, I'm fat and I'm a dude. <laughs> like, I don't think anyone wants this. Like you've said, and she's like, you've got the moves, like, and you've got the like stage presence, just do it. And I was like, but I don't. And so like, and I wasn't super body positive at the time um, or body confident. And uh, that, I guess, quickly changed. I didn't have much of a choice. I've seen your bum on stage a fair few times. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done Mm. that before. Uh, So that is, um, that has, um, what's the word? Um, so that initial situation where my friend was like, I need help, do it, you don't have a choice. Um, I was like, oh, okay, well, then I'll do that then. And it sort of opened more doors for me in terms of performing. So like I said at the start of that long-winded response was <laughs> as a performer, say yes to new experiences and be open to new experiences and give it a go and if it's not your thing you know move along but um yeah be open to new things so that's a really really great approach <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very you've got to be very brave as well to do that kind of thing because you are throwing yourself completely out of your comfort zone in order to see if something's going to work or not well i think we i think we've all i think we're all blessed with different skill sets so um i'm a very extroverted personality so for me being on stage and being, uh, I, it comes naturally to me and it, it's very easy for me. So for me, so hilariously, that I have an abundance of confidence when it comes to being on stage. I can do, like when I'm up in, in drag or when I'm like on stage performing, I have so much like um, confidence and uh, like everything's just going right for me. But when I'm off stage and I'm in a gay bar and I'm trying to talk to boys, all that confidence is gone. And I have no idea. And I'm just like, hey, just be my friend. <laughs> but like, it just, like, it's, it's a weird juxtaposition. It's like, I can be super confident in one part of my life, but lack that confidence in another area. So it's a, I think everyone's got different skill sets and we need to acknowledge that. So I'm terrible with computers. I can't. I can't do that. So not to put you on the spot or anything, but can you deliver any Shakespeare here and <laughs> Can I do a monologue? Um, uh, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can. Uh, my favorite, yeah, true. Uh, my, not my favorite, but like one of them that I think of is Boyer from Love Lives Lost. And Boyer, I, I, a brief description of the character is that he hangs around uh, a princess and her um, her three ladies in waiting, and he is being asked by the princess to go and see this king, 
and get information from this king and sort of get the intel from the king and his um, his lads essentially. And so he's the sort of the go-between between the princess and the, the girls and the boys. And when I read that in the script or in the play, I went, he's gay. Like he can't not be like he's he hangs around all the girls, he gossips, yeah. he hides in bushes and like tries to sneak out information. And um yeah, he's 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 a really interesting character. And so I I went into the audition and I was like, he's gay, I'm doing it camp. Like like I'm sorry, I'm doing it camp. And the director was like, I I never saw him doing that. And then like it was a table, it like there was the lead actress, the act the um director and uh, a couple of other people that were like on this sort of panel and I'm like and the lead actress was like you do realize this character is gay as tits like this person is doing the right thing like like book him like he's amazing uh, uh, and that sort of so when anyone says um can you remember any um Shakespeare I always go back to Love Labour's Lost because it's a comedy as well so and it's this character's again gay as tits and it kind of um paved the way for my career and my trajectory as it is now so uh an excerpt of that character would be uh under the cool shade of the sycamore i thought to close my eyes for some half an hour when lo to interrupt my purpose rest to the shade i might behold address the king and his companions warily i stole into a neighbor thicket by and overheard what you shall overhear that by and by disguised they will be here. The herald, a pretty knavish page, action and accent did they teach him. Thus must I speak, and thus thy body bear, for quoth the king, an angel shall thou see, but fear not thou, but speak audaciously. Um, there is more, I could go on, and I did Honestly, not- go into any gay bar and say that to any gay man, <laughs> I think you might have pulled. I'm throwing no, virtual I, roses. I, I, don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I don't think that will happen. For you. Yeah, it's like hey, 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 generic, generic guy with abs. Here I am in like terrible drag or homeless realness. I can, I can recite a very niche referenced Shakespeare play monologue. Like, I, I would be, it would be interesting if I pulled with that. I mean, I'd love to watch it just to see. <laughs> I mean, that could be a drag it'd show be a in itself. Break. Men yeah. react to Shakespeare. Ooh. New podcast. No, stick to this podcast. Um, <laughs> so, when you first started doing drag, did you did you, you did you see it as doing drag, or were you just a guy dressed as a girl as a character, or was it? Okay, was it drag? That, yeah. So, I think, I think for me, um, performing is a journey. Uh, life is a journey, and I say journey quite a lot. And I are we going I've into a on... song now? <laughs> is a journey. Yeah, don't stop believing. Um, <laughs> No, so like I, it's really funny. So I, I get quite, I'm quite lucky. I'm quite blessed in that I get invited to go on onto BBC Radio London uh, quite a lot. And the presenter um, who invites me along always goes, how's the journey doll? Because apparently that seems to be one of my phrases that I keep using and dropping into, into, into conversation. I'm like, oh, I'm going on a journey. Um, so my sort of performance, my drag performance persona. So I've only recently, so, okay, how I started was, like I said earlier, uh, I started as a dude in a dress at a comedy gig. Um, and then it was a dude in a dress and a wig. Um, and then that was me for the last, I'm going to say three years. Um, so, and that's he- held me quite well. I've done relatively well with that. Um, but, there have been a lot of doors that have not opened for me um, because uh, people have seen, some people value and respect it, um, the sort of drag style that I've been doing, but they've not seen, they've seen it as unpolished or not taking it seriously. And that's fair enough. And I understand and respect that. Um, And since lockdown, I mean, not even since lockdown, uh, October of last year, I started sort of, uh, sorry, October of 2019, I started dabbling in makeup and uh, it was uh, still not perfect, still not great. And then since lockdown, uh, I've been sort of, because I've had all this time, I've gone, okay, I need to 
step it up. I need to like level up my makeup abilities and like buy some products and buy some things. Even if I don't have a lot of money at the moment, buy some of the base, the core essentials, like, cause I wasn't blocking my brows. So I wasn't covering my brows with like glue or anything like that. So it was my natural brows forever. And now I'm blocking my brows and I'm able to recognize a difference and recognize the canvas, my face as a canvas um to paint on and to go okay now i have all this space that i can like utilize um so and i only started so liabel my drag which is a great persona, name, my, <laughs> well so the reason i did I, there's i i'm quite problematic and i'm quite controversial online i don't mean to be um because i think what i say is it comes from a place of love um but on social media i think things can be misconstrued and i think people can get the wrong impression or like can read into things um, and so sometimes i'll say things that aren't great and um i did some broadcaster training for the bbc uh maybe three or four weeks ago and they were talking about being slanderous and being liable um so if you like say something against someone like you know, you could become liable. And I was like, oh, that's 100% me. And then I, I was like, oh, I could be liable. And then it kind of evolved from that. Um, and then I was like, well, I'm doing all these makeup looks and I am sort of putting a lot more effort into right, my my face. And, and now I'm starting to become more drag than I used to be. Um, so yeah, so I gave myself a name and then, people are starting to respond positively uh, so that's that's lovely because how would you so, describe your drag aesthetic uh drag shambles 100 percent. okay drag like if I'm like going to a liabel show what what am i gonna see a shambles yeah stick with that <laughs> uh, like um, yeah a mess so if 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 you're coming to liabel a show with liabel in it it's going to be uh, occasionally disgusting occasionally ridiculous occasionally hilarious i think i think at its core i will always regardless of who's performing myself wayne as a you know as a sort of day day self um or in like height and drag as liabel i think i think all of it is still going to be me and i will incorporate stand-up comedy because that's a part of who i am i will include um probably burlesque or dancing in some fashion because that's who i am i will maybe include a mashup of lip syncing at some point because that's something i'm relatively good at um but definitely um i think for me uh, a, lo- a, a show that I am in is I have always at, at, at my core wanted to entertain and share stories and so the natural progression from being a, a drag shambles to being a radio presenter and uh, podcaster as well is you, you're sharing stories just in a different medium I guess mm-hmm. um, so yeah so I am a drag shambles I'm a messy hoe and um if you come to a show you will be scared <laughs> you'll be terrified <laughs> you'll be you'll be you'll be uncomfortable but in a good way i think hmm. okay throwing yourself out there yeah. well my i got my first my first ever review to a show oh. my first ever solo show was consistently hilarious and perpetually bizarre and i think that sticks to this day is like yeah. i'm consistently hilarious accurate Consistently hilarious and perpetually bizarre. Perpetually bizarre, like yeah, done. So it hasn't, and that was maybe four years ago now. God. Um, so yeah, and it hasn't changed. I've seen you in a few different drug uh, pub gay venues before, but the two that strike out to me the most are mm-hmm. the Halfway to Heaven. I think I, I just yeah. finished work and I just wanted a pint, and I, I, I normally just go to the halfway where I just want a drink went downstairs right. and all of a sudden there was a drag competition hosted by um oh what was she called Shay Gaday uh and I don't yeah, I don't know what right. the drag, I, the, I don't know what the contest was but I was just like okay I was gonna stay for uh, one but now I'm gonna stay for the entire thing and I, and that's why I think yeah. it's happened the first time I saw you maybe um, right okay yeah Shay Gaday 
Shaker Day is a, a, a Australian drag queen, uh, mm. but, like lives in the UK as well. Uh, she's phenomenal. I have a lot of time for her. Um, if it's the one that I'm thinking it is, I dressed up as like a like a homeless person. Yeah, and I was like, like red, like lip syncing to dance. Yeah, that was that was a that was a choice I made. Um, I, that was very much that that was me. Yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like because I was trying to learn how to at that stage I was trying to learn how to like um what's the word to put my lipstick on apply my lipstick in a sort of good way and every time I, my patience was too thin and I would like <laughs> I would like I would it would slip and so <laughs> my left side of my lip would be like good and then my right side would be a little bit ski whiff and so I was like great I'm just gonna smash my face and I'm just gonna rub it, it down my cheek it totally works. and and what well, exactly and I was so the routine that you saw um, was at Halfway and uh, I have a lot of love for Halfway to Heaven I, mm. I perform a lot there um, uh, is that routine was about trying to in a camp upbeat way to sort of make a to bring a light to homelessness within the UK and to go like you know there are, there are people who are begging on the streets for money or are genuinely homeless but there is this expectation that um uh even i know i could be guilty of this as well is that when you look at a homeless person you go oh you're not doing anything you should you should do something so like when more when more i think most people a lot of people are more willing to throw coin to a busking performer than they are to a homeless performer. I think there's this sort of like, oh, you're doing a show, oh, you're balancing on a ball, or you're singing, or you're playing the guitar, or you know, you're doing something. You've got a skill. Here's some coin, as opposed to, you know, a homeless person or someone on the street just sort of asking for money. There's that sort of expectation, and so that routine was in a very mild way trying to sort of bring to light that sort of campy in a, in a with a high level of camp um but the undertone was like we're homeless like acknowledge us and but it's it's, it's a weird one so yeah <laughs> I, I did that that was it and um it did not go down it went down okay but like i enjoyed it and i who, uh, i know I, the two win- uh, there were two winners there was um Camille Cole, I, I feel like, was there. Camille Cole won, and Baby Rock, yeah. Okay. They, they tied rocks. the win that yeah. one. I had to go for my yeah. Instagram. It's like, who? I was like, going through. Like, <laughs> Flick through. Who are these people, and why do I know, like, yeah. Yeah, why do these ring and fell? But, yeah, I, I, I really like Halfway to Heaven, because I always find there are always queens there that I don't necessarily instantly think of to go see it's like oh yeah that's another I, I used to think i knew a lot of london queens and then i realized oh actually no mm. i don't there are so many what what is it yeah. like within the london drag community is it quite close-knitted is it always expanding like it's definitely always expanding and it's always it's i guess for me from my perspective i'm quite i'm quite lucky um in terms of so, lucky and unlucky i guess in that there, there are different maybe factions um so the difference between and there's no sh- and there's no shade to that when i when i say that so like someone who performs at halfway to heaven might not be the right fit for say the glory um yeah. you know yeah. so there's there's different venues that will cater to different styles of drag now inherently all the ven- the venues that i work at so the glory two brewers halfway to heaven um bethnal green working men's club they all want to be open and inclusive and share their stages with whoever and whoever wants to put on a show but also i think the clientele and then the demographic of people that go to those venues is quite different so i think performers that or punters or a- anyone who goes to the glory are very different to people who go to, to yeah the glory, they're more a bit more so, alternative out there aren't they yeah so um but then in saying that so i would so there's a there's a competition drag competition show called um the gold rush 
which I was a part of in season one. And that's held at the glory and it's open and inclusive and all kinds of drag performers um, enter that competition hosted by Taylor Trash. Really great. Um, but it's, I guess because it's the venue, you, there is a, a mild expectation that you have to do it. You have to be a drag performer, a drag performer of this kind of niche. But then that gets thrown out the window instantly when you see the performers that perform in that competition because uh, the winner of season two was Monroe Adams. Now, Monroe Adams is, I wouldn't consider her alternative or edgy in that respect. I would consider her, she would fit very wonderfully in uh, places like Halfway to Heaven and Two Brewers. I think that she would be someone who fit that mould, but mm. she ends up winning a competition of the glory, which is sort of the juxtaposition. So is it welcoming and inclusive? Was that your question? Yes, I guess yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah I, I'm I guess. New, I'm a new queen. He's coming on the, on the scene. Like, am I welcomed with open gay arms? Or is it like, ooh, no, a new competition no. on the scene? No, uh, <laughs> you, need to, you, need to, you need to prove yourself. You okay. need to that prove yourself. Yeah. I think, I think, I think there's a, it, so the answer is yes and no. So yes, you're welcomed if you can prove yourself and if you're taking what you're doing seriously. And like I said before about my drag evolution is that like, there were some people in my corner who were like, we respect and acknowledge. So again, uh, Taylor Trash, um, I entered a competition. Yeah, you know, Taylor's, phenomenal she's amazing um i entered a competition at her upstairs before it sort of disbanded oh. and uh it was not another drag competition and i did a show in this sort of ball glittery ball gown but then it was just like a shambles of a wig no makeup on no shoes on it was it was messy and disgusting but she recorded it and she came up to me afterwards and she was like, I get exactly what you're talking about. Like, I, I can see what your drag is trying to do. I started like this. You're great. Keep going. So, yeah, there, there, there are always going to be people um, who might not specifically get what you're doing, but there will be people out there that will get it and will understand. And as long as you're, I guess, unapologetically yourself and you know what you're trying to sell in terms of like if you're a cabaret performer if you're a drag it's too many too many facets to drag because if you are focused on the makeup and you want to be really good at makeup get an instagram account do it from your bedroom you don't really need to go out and oh maybe you could host shows so you could be a door person or you could be a look queen where you go to venues so Bethnal Green Working Men's Club there are shows that go on there club nights that go on there where you can be that look queen so um, prime example of someone who could sort of fall into that aesthetic could be Luki La or Mars where they are a phenomenal look queen they're actually great performers as well outside of that but like they they could be considered a look queen or a look performer because they do amazing looks. Um, but, you know, if you're wanting to be a, you know, cabaret performer, a singer, a dancer, a comedian, whatever, you need to... I, my, my suggestion would be, if you're a fledgling drag performer, do competitions. Um, you don't have to enter them to be competitive. You don't have to enter them to win. Any stage time is good stage time. And most of the stage time when you're starting out will be do a competition. Like, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, that's sort of the way to go. And competitions like Drag Idol, Drag Idol is, Drag Idol essentially is, was my, was my in to the queer scene in terms of drag performing. So I started, like I said, as a stand-up comedian, as a dude in a dress on the stand-up circuit. And then I did Drag Idol and then I met like a half dozen drag queens and then they introduced me to other drag queens and drag performers and it all sort of snowballed from there. Um, so I think the answer is if you have something to bring to the table in terms of performing and if you're a 
like it's like friendships as well like you you become friends with people so like i have a lot of time for people like uh the vixens tea coffee dixie uh sorry pixie um what was her name now pixie polite sorry she's she's recently changed her name uh-huh. so um tea coffee pixie polite and well adams i am i have a lot of time for those humans they're phenomenal and when when i started drag when i started performing and still even to this day i look up to them and i see them and i just go like they're doing things that i hope that someday i'm able to do and they continue to inspire me and they um uh i'm 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 grateful to i'm blessed to call them my friends so there are there are people out there you need to like being a queer person just outside of performing you find your tribe you find those people that you're interested in that will um help you to become the best version of yourself i suppose a lot of the time and this could be wrong but as an audience member you're watching a drag show and you see someone wearing the hair the makeup the costume (laughs) and you just think well that's there's that's their superpower like they automatically should be able to sing dance and perform but uh, if if you don't have the core foundation of the skills, like if you don't, if you're not, if, you, if you're not funny, if you can't sing, yeah, so like, also like just stand well, there on stage, like doing nothing, can you? Well, I mean, there are uh, you know drag competition shows that are on television um, that are a prime example of that, where you watch um, drag performers at, that enter that competition show, and you go, oh, um, they look phenomenal. Oh, but they can't perform. Mm. and that's there's no shade in that there's no there's no judgment in that you go like okay that's not what they bring they bring something else what do they bring they bring this and that is fine they all drag is valid and you need to i guess figure out what it is you want to bring to the table and if that means being a makeup artist camp if that means being a burlesque performer camp i have seen two I've seen multiple drag performers doing amazing things. And my thing, especially, so like if I'm judging at a competition, which I've done, is to give me something that I've never seen before. Um, Don't just be, don't be the same as everyone else. Don't make me go, oh, you look like this. Like you remind me of this person. And like, I don't want to be reminded of this person. I want to see you. Does that make sense? It, it totally. I, I yeah. Think so. so, like, just if, but if that means, so if if you're saying I want to look like this, then like, so if you're saying, oh, I like, let's say, famous drag performer, Detox, stay date, Drag Race, Detox. I want to look like Detox. I think she's camp. Or I, I love Trixie Mattel. I think her makeup is amazing. I'm going to copy that. If that's your thing, go for it. But also why are you trying to copy someone else people like Trixie Mattel and Detox were unapologetically themselves and did things that were against the grain and now they are part of the mainstream but I I guess drag is inherently sort of a two figure two fingers up to you know mainstream society and it's like I'm going to do whatever I want to do and you're going to like it or not like it but it's for me Mm. and I think performing in general is do what you love doing and if you don't love what you're doing then why are you doing it i've done drag three times so so i i'm a member of the of the london gay men's chorus and normally every year we have a pub crawl where we all i know oh Oh, i know sam oh yeah we're best friends yeah i know sam yeah i keep i keep messaging sam so so um shout out to sam, sam. the ginger nut biscuit the, <laughs> uh yeah so you're you've done drag for london gay men's chorus yeah so we have a pub crawl and it's actually we we're given a category and everyone has to dress up to that category and then we go to soho and then we stand in soho square for five, five minutes take pictures and then go to the, the welly and drink uh and i and the first time i did it i literally had no idea what i was doing category was olivia newton john let's get physical um right uh, i i thought it was great but looking back no 
Yeah, uh, I think then, I think I think drag is progression, and I think it will just yourself as an individual is progression. So, like, I don't know if I could imagine seeing myself like looking back at older pictures of myself um, as a performer. I'm like, oh, why am I why am I not wearing a wig? Why am I not wearing makeup? Like, oh, that looks weird. <laughs> so, yeah, you you grow, and I yeah. think it's all about growth and. Um, trying new things and experimenting so but looking at my second so, third attempt i could definitely see what was better and what was worse but yeah. i also i as much as i felt empowered wearing drag i was like total respect to people who do this all the time because this is not something i can do all the time because it's exhausting yeah. and it's painful and it's expensive it is very very expensive and mm. it, it the i i wish um I wish my skill sets were in a in a profession that were a little bit more financially lucrative, yeah. uh, but unfortunately, I have. And so people are like, oh, well, like if you're not like ha- if you're not happy or you're not doing well, why are you doing it? So like for for me, like like I said earlier, I host a radio show, Driving You Homo, and um, you know there's a Patreon that people can subscribe to for that. And people are like, oh, why? Like I've had people. Um, people in my social circle, my friend circle, that go like, "Oh, are you, why are you asking people for money? Like, it's like if you if you can't make it as a like as this, you shouldn't be begging for money. Like, you need to find something else to do." And I said, "Well, it's the arts industry, and these are coming from people who aren't artists, aren't performers, um, don't understand what it, how important things like queer representation is in mainstream media." But um, they go, well, if it's not working, you know, why are you doing it? And it's like, well, I'm doing it because it's important. I'm doing drag because it's important. I love doing it. I have a lot of fun doing it. But also I think it's, I think visibility is drastically important in mainstream culture. And I think we need to keep, you know, showing uh, the world that people within the LGBTQI plus spectrum uh, might be a little bit different to you, but it doesn't mean that they're weird or crazy. I mean, I am weird and crazy, but <laughs> there, are, there are people out there that aren't, and we should accept them. Um, I think there's that th- inherent fear of otherness, and we need to get over that um, and quickly. Um, I, I can't remember what your question was. I, I think we just talked about drag. Uh, so uh, another time I saw you was at the Two Brewers when um, Rich Watkins did a Disney Snatch Game. And <laughs> you dressed yep. up as Princess Peach. Princess Peach. Because, Not because when I think of Disney, when I think of Disney, I think of Princess Peach, the Super Mario Brothers character from Nintendo. Yeah, uh, yeah so that was... Night. Yeah, it was Camp Night, actually. It was Good Night. Um, I I enjoyed that night. I had fun. Um, I I got a lot of flack initially. Um, like when I first got there, they're like, "You're dressing up as Peach." You know, she's not from Disney, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I know." I'm gonna do like I <laughs> like like I get it. Like I I know, I know where I'm going with this. Like like I'm not stupid. Like I yeah. am I am stupid, but also I'm not like like come on now like this is not my first rodeo how has it been while uh, lockdown's been going on have you been able, able to do many are you doing i've seen queens do online facebook shows mm. and zoom shows and have you been doing partaking no <laughs> yes <laughs> no yeah yes and no uh, so i um tried to do some shows at the start of lockdown and uh they weren't working and nothing with my computer was and is uh, terrible. My laptop is not great. And it wasn't working and I couldn't figure out why. And I tried doing things, working around it. And I tried like video editing and I tried all these things and it just sort of wasn't working the way I wanted it to work. And so uh, I was getting frustrated. Um, and then I realized I was talking to a friend of mine who's a computer nerd and I was like, oh, like my computer won't work help me and she's like oh no your computer is terrible like i don't even know how you're surviving and so she's like buy this laptop it's camp it's great you'll love it 
and so I bought my new laptop and now I can actually do things um, so if you had invited me to do this podcast two weeks ago I would have probably had to have said no because my computer or I would have had to have figured out a way to do it differently because the way I've been doing things online has been it hasn't been working the way I wanted it to sure. work. It hasn't been as polished. Um, so um, the answer is, have I been doing stuff? Bits and pieces, yes. I did. I was a part of uh, Tea, Coffee and Something Wong hosted a drag competition show for two brewers called Lockdown Legends, which right. I was a part of. And I may, <laughs> I may have been eliminated in week one, but that's only because... Again, my computer, computer I had multiple computer problems. And so like one of their, one of their critiques that, they, that I had was that the lip sync wasn't as connected. And sure. so my lip, ta- my lip sync is tight. Like I have a, I'm pretty good when it comes to lip syncing. But when it comes to like video editing, not so great. And so I spent literally hours trying to like, connect the words to my mouth and like you know trying to connect it all together and it just wasn't working and I didn't understand why and then I got eliminated and life carries on and blah 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 but now I've got the new laptop I literally essentially went back to look at that video and tried to like edit on my new laptop and it took me five minutes and I was like how is how why how what kind of a homophobe like I was so so angry i was livid and then like i messaged here and i was like yeah i mean it's just like yeah like you know like laptops great so um yeah it's um it's so i i've been i've been kicking on i've been kicking on <laughs> with new laptop at hand and technology hopefully working yeah do you have any plans for anything to come so i'm doing so driving you homo is on every week so last week or this week we had victoria scone uh who's phenomenal um that's up on youtube um uh the week before that we had dave cross uh so i am interviewing i'm getting back into driving you homo so that's on youtube podcast and community radio I mean, we are essentially in this new era now of media where we're all having to learn new skills and how to do podcasts and how to do YouTube videos and how to even make a TikTok video for entertainment's sake. It, well, exactly. So I think, I think like drag, like learning how to do makeup, learning how to do hair, learning how to do performing, learning how to sing, learning how to do comedy, like everything takes time. And a lot of live performers are having to learn how to do video editing or live streaming and it's not the easiest thing to do and some things work well and some things don't so for me personally i and i've got a lot of mates that are doing this at the moment is they're doing live singing on like live streams facebook live streams uh, or instagram live streams and for me i don't know if that works i don't Mm -hmm. like that so much because the audio it doesn't sound as good. So like, take for example, Poppycock. Poppycock is a great friend of mine. I love her to death. I think she's a phenomenal artist, great drag queen, great singer, phenomenal singer. But I, I get sort of not bored, but I just like, I would, I think there's something lost in the live stream on Facebook versus being and seeing her in person. So like seeing her in person is so electrifying. Um, that's not to say that her Facebook live streams aren't. It just, I, for me, there's something lost for me personally. And no. it just, it, I don't know. It just, it's so, it's so frustrating. I think it's because I, I know these people as well. And I'm just like, I just want to hang out with you. I just want to yeah. see you. Yeah. So the answer is, am I doing things in the future? Yes. Um, I'm doing lots of makeup. I'm practicing my makeup looks. I am uh, organizing things on the Driving You Homo YouTube channel. Um, so please, please subscribe. So Wayne, when lockdown is properly all over and done with, what are the first things you're going to do? So my plan is twofold: um, is to support my drag mates, and um, if I can perform on stage, I will. 
but um, is to just be around my drag friends or be around my friends in general, um, hang out with the people that I spend my life with. I want to like get out there and um, I just, I just, I want to go to places again, like halfway to heaven, uh, two brothers of the glory and just see people. I have, as of today, um, there's a, a phenomenal person whose name is Vicky, uh, Vicky JS, I think on social media, she made me a face mask. So oh. this is my face mask. So um, I, I got that delivered today. So I'm going to... For those of you who can't see this podcast because podcasts are not a visual medium, the uh, mask is a beautiful, stunning leopard print. Leopard print. And it's on my social media. You can go to at Liabelle or at, sorry, the only Liabelle or uh, one Wayne Carter. And you can see a uh, my, my boy self and my drag self wearing the mask. So like one's wearing the mask and one's uh me and drag so um i will be wearing that uh when i go on my little adventure in the whenever i'm able to go out of the flat next um so that'll be camp um so that's number one definitely doing that number two having the sexy fun times with gentlemen callers who are interested in my flesh so to answer your question what will i do when lockdown is over one hang out with my friends to get the sex <laughs> if i can <laughs> well when we've come to the end of the podcast thank you oh, no. oh so much for being so open and talking and to me and and sharing your wonderful self <laughs> my slightly problematic but beautiful soul that, those are your words. Um, <laughs> um, so lastly, is there anything, I know you've mentioned a few of your channels, but do you want to give a last plug where we can find you? Yep. Okay. So uh, again, you can follow me at, on social media at one Wayne Carter. You can also follow uh, myself at Liabelle, or, sorry, the only Liabelle uh, on for my drag. Uh, you can also follow my radio show podcast, Future of Extravaganza, which is called Driving You Homo. You can follow that at Driving You Homo. Um, so I'm either at Driving You Homo, at One Wayne Carter, or at The Only Aliyah Bell. And they're all on social media. You can find them on all the platforms. And I do things. I do gay stuff. Yay! Awesome, Yay, gay stuff. Well, thank you again. Yay. And um, hopefully we'll see you live performing, doing what you do best very soon. Yay! Yay. Uh, and Wayne, bye. Oh, bye. Oh, no, bye. <laughs>